0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the program. And we're going to step aside from actual sports talk here to shine a light on something that's, frankly, a lot more important. Demario Davis, Saints linebacker. We know he's one of the the great men in the NFL, and he advocates for a lot of the— the social justice causes that I think can unite us regardless of of political dividing lines or racial dividing lines or or gender or anything like that. And he spent a recent trip with Josh Norman, a cornerback in the National Football League and friend of his up in Flint, Michigan, trying to raise awareness about the ongoing crisis up there, the ongoing water crisis that a lot of us might think, well, that was four or five years ago. It's passed. No, it hasn't. Those people up in Michigan right now are living in, real dire situations. So I wanted to get DeMario on to talk about what he saw up in Flint and, again, his advocacy there. DeMario Davis, Saints linebacker, joining us now. He's on Twitter at DeMario underscore Davis. If you're not following him there, be sure you are. Uh, DeMario, how you doing? How's your offseason going, man?
1: Oh, man, it's been a blessing, man. It's been a blessing a lot of time with family and uh, doing a lot of traveling here and there and uh, training at the same time. So it's it's been good.
0: And we're not going to talk a lot of football stuff here. We're going to talk about one of the places you have been traveling. And that's up to Flint with with Josh Norman. Flint, one of the epicenters of a humanitarian crisis, really in our country, unlike uh, almost anything we've ever seen before. What you see up there, Demario?
1: Oh man, it was uh, it was really really tragic what we witnessed there. You know, um, you know, we heard about the water crisis about uh, five years ago, and so. Um, and it was, you know, really big in the news, and we pretty much thought it was over. But, I mean, you're talking about 100,000 residents um, approximately not being able to to drink out of their their sinks, you know, water from the tap, you know, and and living pretty much on bottled water. And when you're looking at the situation, you really don't think it's that bad until you realize how much of a necessity it is to use water, you know, you, you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you know, uh, wash your face, you know, taking baths, and then you realize how important water is, you know, you cook with it, you know, you clean vegetables with it, and not being able to use, you know, uh, not just your sink, but your neighbor's sink, can't use the sink to the school, school, uh, it's really tough, and then when you got 40% of the residents living under the poverty line, they can't afford to go and buy cases of water, so they pretty much have to live on um, government, you know, handouts for bottled water, but the government shut down the water <laughs> handout system uh, two years ago, and so now it's all nonprofit. profit and all they have for 100,000 re- uh, residents is three trucks uh, coming a week. You know, one truck per day on three different days, and that's supposed to supply a whole city, which is somewhere between 90 and 100,000 residents. Man, it, it is uh, a complete catastrophe. And it really, really makes you feel uh, bad as a human being and, and, and kind of as an American realizing that this is happening in our country and it's not really even being discussed.
0: I know it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad that you know this happened five years ago, like you mentioned, and it's somehow fallen off of most of our radars, which it shouldn't. Do those people up there, the people that you talk to, Demario, do they feel a little abandoned?
1: Yeah, they do. And I tell you how bad it is literally you can drive 20 minutes outside of Flint and none of the people there are affected by the water crisis or have relatives that are affected by the water crisis. It's a specific targeted group. It is that bad, you know? And so, uh, for five years, people 20 minutes outside of Flint have never been affected by the water crisis. And so they see it on the news just like us. I'm like, man, these people are right down the street. (laughs) But because you haven't been affected by it, or you don't know anybody that's been affected by it, because they may be from a different demographic, that means you, you just watching on the news just like everybody else. And I mean, and these people have been crying for five years, you know, for anything to be done, you know. And, and bottled water, you know, even when the state was supplying bottled water, uh, it, it really doesn't fix the problem, you know. They have they have a piping infrastructure problem. And then get this, so the people with the worst water in the country are paying the highest water bill in the country. Their water bill starts at $70 because of an infrastructure fee. Then there's 50% leakage in the water. So that's, that's doubling their water bill before they even use the water. And then, and then they can't use the water. But to be in line to get your pipes rehooked up or, or fixed, to be in line to get the pipes in your street fixed, which is what has to happen because the uh, pipes have lead, and the iron pipes have rotted out, and that's how the lead got in the water. To, get, to be in line to get the pipes on your street fixed, you have to have your water connected. And so if you can't afford to pay your water bill, which a lot of them can't, they get their water shut off, then they have to pay a $400 fee to get it reconnected. So what it's doing is pushing people into poverty, who are already in poverty, into deeper poverty. And not even to talk about the ramifications of kids who were drinking lead for two years when the government was saying that the water was fine. You know, and so, I mean, it, 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 it's a really, really... Really unimaginable situation that's going on there. It's almost like we left from Flint and went to Detroit, and it was like we were in a different country.
0: It's Demario Davis, Saints linebacker, uh, chatting with us. He traveled up to Flint, Michigan, uh, visited there with Josh Norman, uh, NFL cornerback. What were the attitude of the people there, Demario? Were they were they angry? Were they were they sad? Were they a little apathetic? What was their attitudes like?
1: The people were so discouraged that when me and Josh got there, we listened. We, we, we sat at a round table of about uh, 15 uh, residents of Flint. And towards probably about 30 minutes in, they almost started to get agitated because like, they were like, you know, we've been crying water for so long that we don't even like to talk about water anymore. You know, and the fact that you guys are here after all the media storm, it's almost like bringing it back up when we just pretty much learn to cope without it the people are learning how to cope with bottled water
0: it shouldn't happen in I mean, our country
1: that, that should not happen at all that should not happen at all but that's how long they've been ignored
0: just, i mean
1: they had a group you had a, just recently had a group right after our visit go uh, to uh one of the town hall meetings you know crying about that their street hasn't been involved in or even looked at as far as the, the uh The piping restructuring, and they were escorted out. So a group that's in Flint, arguing at a town hall about the water in Flint is being escorted out.
0: It's unbelievable. So what are the politicians? What are the people in power there? And then you know, politicians, state level, uh, national level, federal level. Are they are they still focused on this? Or because this happened you know five years ago, which is an eternity, I guess, in politics, is uh, nobody really care? And I'm talking about the politicians. nobody no no the politicians really care anymore?
1: Well, that's what me and Josh. That's what me and Josh um, are trying to set up now. We, we we have the Norman and Davis Fund that's set up for Flint, where all that money will go to to Flint um, to be uh, decided upon. You know, community by community leaders of how best to use this water, whether that to get more trucks coming out to get more filtration systems in, or to empower the people with stipends to help uh, speed up the process of of uh, repiping. Uh, the streets. And so uh, well, that's what we're working on. But in the meantime, trying to set up meetings with, with legislators to see what we can do to help the problem. The good news and encouraging thing is uh, the new governor of Flint has uh, promised to make sure that all the residents have bottled water while the piping is getting fixed, no matter how long that takes. That is a step in the right direction because this is a government cost issue. There was nothing wrong with the water before the government, the, decided to take the water instead of getting it from Lake Huron uh, and take it from the Flint River, you know, and then didn't treat the water when it was coming in the Flint, which caused uh, the corroding of the pipe. So this was a government-caused issue, and the people are being asked to pay for it. But now the new governor is promising to take care of the people with bottled water until the government fixes the pipe, which is a semi-solution. But this process for five years, I mean, they could have been unfixed for all the pipe. and you know— um, you know, in that that amount of time if they just focused on it. and So uh, that's what we're trying to figure out is we're not really trying to just cause chaos. We're really trying to come in and say, you know, how can we really come in and help speed this process up?
0: So Gretchen Whitmer is the governor there, DeMario, and you just ran through why all of the residents of Flint might be pretty apathetic and angry towards government because there's no one who who caused this. Do they believe that Governor Whitmer is going to stay true to her word and, and help Flint?
1: I mean, that's, that's what we're just trying to uh, push for and hold and hold the government accountable uh, towards. That's what we're trying to use, you know, our platform to help. You know, just, I mean, you put that out there. Nobody asked for the, the governor to put that out there. So we're just saying that, uh, asking them to put that out there. We're just coming in and saying, you know what, we're just going to try to hold you accountable to that, especially with that. But also, how can we come in and help uh, speed the process up? Because the people really have lost trust. You know, even even after long after the pipes are fixed, people probably still won't drink the water because they have learned to cope without it. And for two years, like I said, for two years, the people were complaining about the water and government was telling them the water is OK. Just like the government is trying to come back and say in 2017, when they shut the uh, when they shut down the, the water trucks, they saying, hey, the water is fine. There's no more lead in the water. It's just the pipes are dirty. So it's like drinking uh, water out of dirty straws. Man, come on, man. <laughs> you got kids levels where, I mean, you're showing, you know, positive lead in your system, way too much lead when it's above a six and you got kids with 14 and 15. Not to mention pregnant ladies drinking this water for two years when they were trying to say, like, you know, the water smells a little funny or something wrong with the water because the hardest thing is some of the water turn comes out clear, but it's full of lead. And so the people don't know. And so it's really like playing Russian roulette with the water because some some of the water may be clean and some of it may be dirty. So nobody is really trusting the government. So after they take care of the entire piping situation and can really prove that all the water is fixed, they're still going to have to have a year or two years where they rebuild that trust. So, you know, if the governor can say anything right now, those people's trust is way worn out and, and deservedly so.
0: It's something that everybody in the country still needs to be paying attention to. Um, DeMario, uh, social justice warrior is is thrown out a lot, um, and sometimes it's undeserved. I think it's probably fair to classify you as as one of those. You were fighting for the restoration of voting rights uh, to ex-felons. It was Louisiana House Bill 265 that you and Benjamin Watson certainly deserve a lot of credit for helping that pass. Uh, What makes you so passionate about issues like this, DeMario?
1: I really don't look at it more than than what it means to be a human being. I think there's something inside of us uh, that makes us compassionate towards others. There's something called empathy that I think we all turn off sometimes, which is just stopping and saying, what if I was in that situation? What would I want? You know? And so that makes me lean in and say, okay, what can I do? I'm not, We don't, you know, me and Josh, we ain't ain't trying to show up and be be the savior. We're just trying to do the little bit that we can. And then at the same time, we're doing our little bit, hoping that it encourages other people to do the little bit that they can because together we can all bring about change. And so we just, you know, I think it's just part of being a human being. You know, like don't turn off that that, that empathy inside you that makes you stop and put yourself in that person's shoes. And when you look in and say, I mean, when I was there, you know, it was so hard not to go to the sink. Like, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you want to do is go and wash your face. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. At night, you want to get in the shower, but no, you can't do that. You know, it's like, darn, like you go to a restaurant. I can't ask for a soda because it's from a water machine. You know, it's like, darn, all these things that you take for granted, you realize, man, you don't just drink, you know, water. You use water in so many different ways, and, and, and you can't. And so to be hemmed from that, like, man, if I was in that situation, I would want somebody to help on my behalf, you know. And so, and then we have these tremendous platforms as athletes, you know. It's like we have to use who much is given, much is required.
0: How did you and, and Josh get together on this?
1: Well, Josh and I, we've been friends. Uh, we actually got drafted the same year. We tra- we trained together in New Jersey, and uh, we were rooming right next to each other. We, so, we pretty much hit it off. we go train in the morning, and then just hang out in the afternoon.
0: And so we became
1: really good friends, and that just continued as, as now we're getting ready to both to enter into our eighth season. And, uh, you know, we've done, you know, a lot of different things in the educational spaces, helping each other with our foundation, and then working together on the Players' Coalition. But last year was the first time me and him just ventured out on a project together, and we went down to the border. You know, we saw those babies hurting. And when we went down to the border, uh, we had got some, some people kind of message us about Clint and, you know, via Twitter, and we were like, man, you see those messages from, from Flint? And we was like, yeah, but I thought that was over. And so we just decided, you know, when the season was over, we couldn't do it last year because, you know, the season came back. But then when the season was over, that was like our first mission. We wanted to go back out there and see what was going on, go out there and see what was going on. And, man, what we got out there and realized, man, it was it, it's far worse than you can imagine.
0: It's an incredible example, of, in my view anyways, of a way to use your platform in the right way. It's Demario Davis here, and he's working with Josh Norman to raise awareness in Flint, and it's the uh, Norman and Davis Fund helping everybody up there in Flint. How can people give to that fund or learn more about it, Demario?
1: Uh, You can go on either one of our social pages, or you can just simply type in com. And you will see all that money is, is towards the United Way that's out there in Flint on the ground. Uh, we, we created a project fund uh, through us that's uh, going to be oversaw by the people in Flint on how that all those funds will be used. None, none of those dollars go to us. Uh, none of those dollars will go uh, to, uh, to be used by that United Way. It will be going to the people who are in the community in Flint, you know, community leaders. Uh, and, and and through a conversation with legislators to figure out how best those funds can be used. So uh, we just want to encourage as many people as they can. Man, everybody can do a little bit. You know, even if it's ten dollars, everybody can do a little bit and make a, a, a tremendous difference. Uh, we've already seen uh, a little hope coming out of that, where where, where people we've had a tremendous uh, amount of support uh, with that. But I mean, like, you, there there is not enough that can be done in that situation. You know, because I mean, when I was there, that was more bottled water than I've seen in my entire life, and it still wasn't enough
0: water. It's the Norman and Davis Fund. Google that, and if you can, you're listening and you're able to give, please do. Uh, no football d- today, DeMario. This is just too important. I really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, we'll talk football later on in the year. Thanks so much, man.
1: Hey, I appreciate you, man. you be blessed.
0: I tell you, that's, that's a really incredible human being. Uh, forget the football. Forget anything on the field. Yeah, that's important. That's way more important. And... Demario Davis, one of the the truly great, one of the truly good men, great men in the National Football League. Again, it's the Norman and Davis Fund. You can Google that. We'll have this up on our website uh, in an article. We'll post in just a little bit. The link will be there, and you can certainly follow Demario. Please do on Twitter at Demario underscore Davis. We'll take a break. If you want to weigh in on this, you want to chat about Demario's advocacy. I just want to chat football. We're opening up the phone lines now for the rest of the hour. We'll also return to a little more actual sports talk here, but again, this was just too important. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Area code 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?